I am Chris, one of the interns here with the College Age Ministry here at College Heights, and I'm here with our College Age Minister, Joshua Quaddy. Say what's up. What's up, guys? And we're here kicking off our series on identity. Yes. Uh, week one. Yes. And trying to figure out why the heck this matters. Yes. Yeah, so tell us why it matters, Quaddy. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, so I got some kids, and I think identity is so crucial, like, your whole life, and particularly in this college season of life. But I see it in the questions people ask my kids. So there's this one, okay? And tell me if you've heard this question growing up, okay? And I guarantee that you have, okay? Mm-hmm. Chris, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, so much pressure. Right? <laughs> yeah. So much pressure. Right? And like some kids, like they really got locked in. You know, like my son still, he's like, I want to play basketball in the NBA. I'm like, okay, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you want to do when you grow up, but that's not what they're asking. Mm. So oftentimes we associate, and that question's really subtle, but what do you want to be when you grow up? It implicates some type of that our identity flows from our job, hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But I hate that question because a job is what we do to provide for our families if we choose to have a family, you know, mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50 hours a week, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. it. There's this whole other expanse of our life that really matters. So it's not like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Is what do you want to do when you grow up? Mm. You know, and so identity is like central. It's how we see ourselves. It's like, you know, the style that we choose when we dress. It's the classes that we attend. It's the friends that we keep. It's mm-hmm. the way that we talk. Mm-hmm. All stems from this view of self. Mm. It's kind of a big deal. Hit the ground running. <laughs> yeah, That's pretty good. Yeah, let's go. That's pretty good. <laughs> so let me ask this question. Do you yeah. think uh, that most college students know who they are? Um. I, I never meet people more confident in who they are than freshmen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right? good. That's probably the best way I can answer it's that before question. Before their identities have fallen apart. <laughs> yeah, they're about to. Yeah. Just... I mean, most freshmen, not every freshman, you know, there's yeah. definitely some people come in like, yeah, I'm undecided, you know, I don't know, this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. like freshmen come in, you know, it's like when you go to a high school graduation, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you're... Did your high school do this growing up where they, like, announced what you were going to do next or they're going to Luckily, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. good. Because there's a lot of... Some some probably smaller schools and stuff like that, they're like, and they're going to pursue to be a doctor, you know, mm-hmm. everything like that. Yeah. So they come in a freshman year and they're like, I'm going to be a doctor. They are so convinced. And then, you know, they take, like, their first biology class and it's over. Nope. <laughs> I'm nope. done. I'm Throwing done. Pre-med's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then there's this question, like, who am I if I'm not a doctor? Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So college students, you know, they, they, it's, it's tough. More start certain than I think finish certain hmm. of who they are. Hmm. So, so we're talking about like identity issues for college students today. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's even take a step back. How did you like, let's talk about how did we, what shaped our identities up to the point where we started college? Mm-hmm. Like what were the biggest, like, moments in our lives that helped us go, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And when I think about that question, I realize that 95% of that is stuff we can't control. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so so where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from California, Southern California. Okay. Yeah. Right. Southern California. Right. So, but even more specifically. <laughs> the desert. The, Southern the high desert. Right? Which when I was a freshman, I showed up and I told everyone, oh yeah, like I'm from SoCal Beach. <laughs> Don't tell them where I'm actually from, which is now outside of LA, which is trash. <laughs> Desert. But yeah. But it's so funny because so much of where you're from shapes who you are, but mm-hmm. you had no control over it. 
Yeah, no, none. Right? I mean, that's where your parents lived. You know, it's like people from small towns who hate the fact they were in small towns, even though they can't control the fact that they were from small towns. Yeah. What are you going to like? Well, I don't like where I'm from. I'm going to emancipate myself from my parents (laughs) (laughs) so I can be a city kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, or it's even worse for people like me hate people from small towns. Right. Because where they're from is lame. Right. But but the worst. what did this kid do to get that? Yeah, so sad. (laughs) You know, we're like so much of how we look really matters. Mm -hmm. And like we can like adjust how we look, but really you're kind of born with the genetics you're born with. You got to work with what you got. Right? You know, some people try to grow beards and they just don't got it yet. Are you, are you making fun of me? Listen, in no way, no capacity am I comparing my epic beard with yours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. It's coming along. It's coming along. I'm really proud of you, man. (laughs) Thank you, Kwani. I appreciate you a ton. But like, even like, sometimes it's not even fair. Like some of the things were like those awkward moments in school growing up, especially if you like grew up with the same group of people, lived in a similar town, you know, mm-hmm. and transferred from middle, you know, elementary to middle school and junior high and high school together. Mm-hmm. It's like you get some label as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get any of those? Yeah, I did actually. Uh, in first grade, um, my friend Evan was on the on the swing set mm-hmm. and I pulled his leg and he fell off uh, okay. and broke his arm. <laughs> um, and it was really, it was really sad, um, yeah. and I actually like ended up like just accepting the fact that it was my identifier as the kid that really? broke his arm, and I thought it'd be like a really cool thing, like oh man, uh, everyone's gonna think I'm cool and edgy, and like no one's gonna mess with me. Yeah. But really, everyone thought I was a jerk. Yeah, and that's and so, not even who you are. Yeah, it was it was the worst. I mean, are you still pulling kids uh, off swing sets to this day? I mean, not since like six months ago. But. <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny because, like, sometimes even in first grade, you get branded. Mm-hmm. You get these labels given to you. Yeah. You know, by yeah. maybe choices that you really liked or maybe choices you didn't like, you mm-hmm. regret that you made. Mm-hmm. But in high school, it's so hard to escape from those. Yeah. You're just you're just stuck with it, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what's so tough for me when I, when I like, with high schoolers and stuff like that, like... Sometimes I always wonder, like, you know, are you, who created, like, whatever label you're wearing, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for you to shed it. Hmm. So for me, going to college was the most liberating thing in the world. Sure. Yeah. Oh, man. I did not like the labels I got in high school. Mm-hmm. I did not like them one bit. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to college, like, nobody really knew me. Like, it was like, I got to start over. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, like move away from all that kind of stuff. Did you have a similar experience? I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I think there was a little bit of a, I mean, that, that was a huge part moving away from, from California coming to Joplin, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think for, maybe it was a little different for most people because I showed up to Joplin with a crew of friends that mm-hmm. already kind of knew me. Yeah. But I think there was still this part of me that like, wanted to make a new name for myself yeah apart from the friends i came to joplin with well, especially because you have an identical twin brother oh oh gosh i didn't even think about that <laughs> yeah. you guys look and sound very i mean similar. that was that was a big thing because this was the first time i like was in an established place uh-huh. apart from being known as a twin and so mm-hmm. i think and so there are friends i have i'm a senior at ozark right now mm-hmm. and there are people that i've gone through so many classes with that mm-hmm. like recently have found out that I have a twin brother. Yeah. And so I'm realizing like, I think there's part of me that like 
isn't eager to tell people sometimes. Yeah. Alex, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, I love you. But I think there's part of me that like was tired of being identified as a twin or like being identified mm-hmm. as like, oh, you and Alex are the same person. Yes. It's like, homie, you just robbed someone of their like own distinct identity. Like that's pretty terrible. That's tough. Yeah. So I think growing up being pretty tired of that, coming to Joplin, I was, I think, trying to breathe apart from that label, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's it. That's high school. Mm-hmm. I feel like growing up is almost labels given to you, most of which you can't control. Mm. And that's that's just brutal. Yeah. You know? Or, yeah. But so college to me is this great liberation. Great liberation. Great liberation. Yeah, be who you want to be. Yeah, the, like the labels that were forced on you or mm-hmm. maybe you put on yourself, you can have a, a fresh start mm-hmm. in some capacity. Mm-hmm. I guess it also depends on how much you put on social media. But Sure. <laughs> yeah, but then the trick with that is like hopefully we don't show up to college and then just trade those labels from for ones that are still are insufficient, you know? Yeah. And so the next question I have is like what are the what are the patterns for college students? Yes. Um in their search to put on new labels for identity. Okay. I love that question. So I am not a, you know, sociologist, you know, I'm not a clinical psychologist or professional counselor, you know, like, and there's great books out there Mm -hmm. that talk about these issues and really great articles and podcasts and everything like that, that really explore these by professionals. Um, And as we go through this series, like later on in the series, we're going to be able to share some of those links some of those things that we really, if you'd like to study more, yeah, you know, yeah. that's there. Yeah. I, I just want to talk about the patterns I've seen. Yeah, like sure. Like these patterns of, of because I've been in college ministry for a minute, uh, watching college students kind of go through these similar things. Mm. And so I think there's like... Well, maybe, you've, been at, you've been at it for how long? How, how long have you been in college yeah, ministry? 20, 20 years. 20 yeah. years. So you're pretty old. Okay, so I started really young. Uh, we'll say I started when I was two. So, <laughs> yeah, that was an identity forced on me as a two-year-old oh, little sure. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Youth minister. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, so yeah, I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, twenty years and stuff. And I and I kind of recognize patterns sure. as students try to wrestle with yeah, who they are. Yeah. And there, there's like three general movements. So mm-hmm. one is identity through association. Then it moves to identity through experimentation, and then really identity through assignment. Interesting. Okay, now I want to explain yeah. kind of each one of those. Yeah. So the first one that really, like that identity through association, is if you ask most underclassmen, you know, like, who are you? You know, what are you doing? And they, and they usually go to the same things. They go, well, here's my major. Uh-huh. You know, like, here's what I came to college for. Uh-huh. Or like, here's why I came to this college. Here's mm-hmm. why I'm studying this. Mm-hmm. So like that. I am this major. Yeah. I am studying to be a doctor, therefore I'll be a doctor. Yeah. I am a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, I feel called to ministry or I want to be, uh, I was talking with a guy today who wants to be a cop. His grandfather uh, was a cop and really inspired him. And mm-hmm. so he's like, you know, I'd really like to go help people through that. And um, we talked about first responders and all the help that they need. And he's really inspired by that. So there's this kind of like, I am my major. Yeah. Or another association is like your origin story. <laughs> it's like, sure. it's like, um, uh, because I come from this, I want to do this. So it's associating hmm. with your experiences. So it's kind of like what I talked about with my buddy with my grandpa was an inspiration for me. He was a cop. I want to yeah. be a cop because my, my grandpa inspired me 
with his stories. Yeah, yeah. So all the things leading up to that. So yeah. a lot of times you'll see underclassmen in particular, they'll want to pursue something that the most influential person in their life does. Yeah, like a coach, mentor, pastor. Exactly. Sure. So maybe even somebody online, somebody that yeah. they follow. Yeah, an athlete. Yeah, yep. yeah. Somebody they're in, in a personality, mm-hmm. a writer, a mm-hmm. musician. You know, there's so many different aspects, but it's like, I see what they do. I want to be like that. So it's that, it again, it's that association. Sure. Um, the other big ones like, like uh, friends, you know, so like usually, uh, I don't know about you. I usually watch, most people change friend groups a couple different times uh-huh. their first year. Yeah. You know, like you came in with a group of friends, uh-huh. but did you even see that adjust over time? I mean, a little bit, because I was on the cross country team with none of my friends from California. There it is. Uh-huh. And so I kind of had had some branch out a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, so there's kind of, and I even feel like that's kind of what it is. And then uh, the other uh, big one for association is like activities. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? So like, if you're an athlete, you know, mm-hmm. even that statement, you are an athlete. Like, so you come in and go, you know, I'm a football player. Yeah. I, mean, I play soccer. I do cross country. Yep. Um, I'm a musician. I'm in choir. You yeah. know, I'm an artist. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a, like, it's more than just your major. It's actually like, this is the group of people that I spend all of my time with. Mm-hmm. And so underclassmen use association. Mm-hmm. Like I'm associated with this group. This idea, mm-hmm. this kind of this uh, major, whatever, and that's who I am. Yeah, you know. Sure. And so let me ask this: Is that good or bad? Are you making a Are you making a value mm. statement on that? Yeah. Is that? It's just a pattern I've seen. Sure. You know, I tend to think they're going to change. Yeah. I mean, statistically, people change their majors anywhere between three to six times. Mm-hmm. Okay, during their college career. Sure. And so it's hard for that to stick. Yeah. You know. Because mm-hmm. you discover more about yourself or things that you love. But when you come in, that association is usually that original driver. Yeah. Well, it seems to me, I think, so it seems like the issue then is we, we let the fragment of our identity like claim to the whole. And Ooh. so the fragment is like your major, because my major is still part of who I am. Yeah. So to say my major is entirely not who I am, I don't think is accurate, right? Yeah. But to say... It's part of who I am is true, yes. but I think the more insecure we are in our identities, yeah. the more likely we are to let those fragments like claim to the whole. And hmm. that was definitely my story with cross country. Hmm. I showed up and you're talking about association. Like I was a cross country runner through and through, like that was my identity. Right. Um, and then sophomore year after I stopped running, mm-hmm. like it's, when I look back on it now, I didn't think there was a correlation, but after I stopped running right. the next three months after was when I went through this huge identity crisis. Huh. Because I had no idea, no idea who I was anymore. Because I had allowed yeah. the fragment of my ident- my identity to like claim to so much of who I was. You know, that's powerful. So, and I think that's uh, what what you're picking up on the pattern is probably true of a lot of college students. I, and I, you know, of course, there's always exceptions to the rule and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but we have so all the labels that we got in high school are really powerful, mm-hmm. and then when they're all of a sudden gone, we actually have less to hold on to. So we maybe hold some things too tightly mm-hmm. to feel confident in who we are. Sure. So you maybe held, like, even though cross-country was an important part of you, it it really only describes a portion of who you are, like mm-hmm. the fragment rather than the whole. Mm-hmm. But because you didn't know the rest of the fragments, you needed that one really, yeah. really well. Like, it yeah. was super important to you. Yeah. 
And so hanging on to that maybe a little too tightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay. So, so kind of that second movement then. Mm-hmm. So there's association and then it's experimentation. So usually like we realize or pretty early on, you know, that some of the friends that we had weren't really super loyal to us. Mm-hmm. That freshman relationship didn't really <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is too close to home, Claudia. Move on. <laughs> Not everybody has that, but you know, that first one out of the gate, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, this isn't high school anymore. And yeah. It kind of went weird or whatever. And then, um, and so we, we start, um, I have, this is cheesy. Okay, I'm okay, ready. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, I call it the normal salad bar. The normal salad bar. Okay, right. go on. What is this normal salad bar? Normal body? salad bar. Okay, this is cheesy. I'm okay. sure there's a better way of illustrating this. <laughs> it's something I came up with a long time ago and it works. Hey, folks, you're getting great content here from Josh Crawley. <laughs> so I, I don't go to very many, uh, like, uh, you know, like buffets anymore. Yeah. yeah. Unless I'm with a lineman from the football team. Uh huh. <laughs> I learned my lesson one time. I took a guy out to eat and I said, get what you want from the menu. We were at McDonald's. And oh, he- tore it up. Oh man, <laughs> so I was like, from here on out, I'm taking big boys to buffets yeah. so they can get what they want, and I'm not having to pay for every little thing. It was That's great. Right. So, uh, sorry if I just added some of you guys and where we we're going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to take care of you. That's it. So, yeah. so we don't go to many salad bars, but what you do is there's always lots of choices. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, um, everybody came in with their normal experience. Okay, so uh-huh. like for you, like. Uh, did you guys eat dinner at the table as a family or did everybody kind of grab as they went? Kind of grabbed as they went. Grabbed as they went. That was routine, yeah. Yeah, that's normal for you, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. And did you have like a curfew? Uh, No, not really. Okay. You know, some people have curfews, some people don't, you know. Like, you know, where you came from, the part of town you came from, the friends that you had, all of that was all you knew. Mm -hmm. Okay. So all of a sudden you come to college and you get to see that everybody else had a different normal. Right? Mm -hmm. And so you try out theirs. Hmm. Because you're like, what is that like? Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in what that's like. Yeah. Maybe you didn't party in high school, but all of a sudden you're seeing all these people partying and you're like, I kind of want the college experience. You know, I want to try what that's like. Sure. Because they seem comfortable doing it Mm -hmm. and they're having a blast. Mm -hmm. I was talking with a student and someone on her team, they were talking about how uh, she never cussed in her life. And she was around the rest of the team that was cussing all the time. And, and they heard her cuss like, why are you cussing? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I just had to try it out. You guys do it so much. I didn't know what it was like. <laughs> so that's kind of like that. Everybody has a normal and you're just yeah. trying those things out. Yeah. So it goes from this, I am, and we associate ourselves with certain things mm-hmm. to I'm going to try out other people's identities for my own. Mm-hmm. I'm going to experiment with things that I think are really cool about this person. Yeah. Change you know? your style, change your yeah. logo, change your crew. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, and so that might look like mirroring. Mm-hmm. So uh, like, I like how this person dresses. I'm going to dress like that. Oh, gosh. And even with Instagram today. Yes. I mean, Instagram's full of those mirrors. Yes, right? yes, yes, like yes. We yes. just follow everyone that we, that we want to be like. There's like one, know? yeah, there's like one original TikTok and then there's like 50 versions of the same thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 50 is an exaggeration. Hundreds. That's profound, honestly. Like, yeah. that's so true. And it's mirroring. Yeah. I like what you do there. I'd like to try it out for myself. Yeah. So there's there's mirroring. Um, we'll, we'll call it like rotations where you're just kind of like trying this out and then it doesn't work. So you go to the next thing, you try yeah. that out and it doesn't work. So you're just kind of constantly like, yeah. 
this type of music, these type of friends, this type of you know, location, maybe you're like not a traveler and you decide you want to travel. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give that a shot for a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, um, there's, um, and there's a lot of, we'll call it like failure, struggle and instability. Okay. What do you mean by that? So whenever we start experimenting, we always find out things that we're not good at, Uh huh. you know? And so, you know, like maybe in high school, like you were really good at this one thing. Mm-hmm. The arts, the music, your intelligence, yeah, and all this kind of stuff, yeah. right? Uh, you get to the college level, and it's just it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of oh, I, and so you're experimenting with things because you were once upon a time really good at that. So you pick it back up, you try it again, and it just isn't the same. Mm. So like so that's like, like that's like you in basketball, right? Um, <clears throat> right. <laughs> so when I played when I was in high school, I was really good. I picked it back up again, and I was even better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I, I think about it with the football guys. So, like, our record wasn't all that good. I think we were better last year than we were the year before. Uh-huh. But I usually ask this. Every guy on the team was one of the best players their school's ever seen. Hmm. They were all, like, you know, so many of them were state champions. So many of them... You know, we're all conference, all district. Yeah. Like really amazing players, uh-huh. you know, and then they get on this team and they're kind of like everybody else around them. And that's tough. Mm-hmm. And so there's that kind of that failure, disappointment, the struggle, or that instability, maybe even emotional instability, because I thought I was this. But now all of a sudden I'm with all these other people that are better than me at that. Oh, yo. What does that say about yeah. me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or. All these people don't like me for who I am. Mm-hmm. And so you try to morph parts of it so you can be liked. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll become more like this. I'll dress more like this. I'll act more like this. I'll go to these places. I'll do these types of things with these types of people. Mm-hmm. And, and it, But it might ultimately not be as rewarding as we think it is. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's going, well, well who am I? Mm-hmm. And so that's really kind of that second stage. Sure. And it's that's a tough one. Experimentation. Experimentation. So, so yeah. once those things that you originally lock yourself to... Maybe not reap the rewards of the stability yeah. that you want it to. Yeah. And it's like, well, what mm-hmm. am I now? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so far we have association. Yeah. Experimentation. Yes. Right. So what's that third phase? So the third one, we'll call it assignment. Uh-huh. A, a way of understanding this one is it's like where things become fixed. Okay. Sure. So like maybe upperclassmen, junior, senior. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, it can happen younger. It's not so much the time. It, the pattern is usually when you're an upperclassman and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, Whenever it's like, oh, okay, I actually think this is part of me. Uh-huh. Not the entirety of me, yeah. but, the, but the part of me. So, um, and that assignment, like, once you land in that, it kind of forces you to reinterpret everything else you believed about yourself. Hmm, yeah. So... Whenever you come into a, a, a firm sense of like self, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I am, you know, like a healthy individual. I, mm-hmm. you know, I make good choices. I, I'm a loyal friend. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm a good student. Mm-hmm. And you've got some data to back that up. Mm-hmm. You've tried things out. You've actually found success. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was I was talking with a, a guy who's finishing up his residency. And he's a doctor, and uh, he's in his third year of his residency, and he's finally found his sweet spot. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? And so now it's like, 
So now he reinterprets all of his previous experiences on how he got to that point where he discovered his speciality, his discipline. Huh. You know, and so whenever we get locked in to those senses of self, it causes us to reinterpret, whether that's good or bad. Sure. You know, like some people on the negative side, it might be, well, I just give up and I've always given up. Uh huh. Which might not be true. They might have given up at key moments in their life, mm-hmm. but of course they didn't give up on everything they had ever. They would never made it to where they are. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, so once you get that, like, this is me then you re, you reinterpret it. Mm-hmm. And so, and the ways that you get to that assignment, right? So it's validation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it can be self-validation. Mm-hmm. Like I feel this about myself. This is who I am. This is what I'm capable mm-hmm. of. Here's my strengths. Here's my weaknesses. Here's what I'd like to pursue as a career. That sense of identity gets really built on self-affirmation. Mm-hmm. Another way it gets built is, you know, of course, other people affirmation. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's people that you come to learn and respect, and they're like, man, you really are good at this. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, I, I believe you. Oh, that resonates with me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, like older people, mentors or professors mm-hmm. or coaches, you know, pastors, like there's just a whole bunch of people, parents, mm-hmm. even really close friends that are like, I see this in you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I believe you. Yeah. And it's not, I believe you because I'm experimenting, but rather I see proof. Yeah. Of this. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've all been in that moment where we've heard somebody talk something like that and it just clicks. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that is me. Mm-hmm. I really am that. You know, it's kind of like uh, personality profiles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when, when, when you tend to be younger, you want them because of that association. Mm-hmm. I am a whatever's Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or Motive Matters mm-hmm. or whatever thing, you know, you took on BuzzFeed, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever character from Friends you end up being, <laughs> you know, it's like, you're like, oh yeah, that's me. And then mm-hmm. you kind of use that almost as a way of explaining yourself to others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the experimentation phase, those things become more of a, I wonder if I am, I think I'm this, or I might be this or this, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the really healthy side on the assignment side is whenever you feel confident and that's what you are, it's not for the sake of others or to identify yourself to others, but for yourself. Yeah. So how do I understand, how do I relate to others because I see myself in this capacity Mm. or I feel like I'm this capacity? Hmm. That's good, yeah. Yeah. And so this big one, and, and so like that affirmation might come from self. It might come from others. It might come from experiences, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, getting a degree, you know, obviously validates your capacity in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a big you know? one. Or having someone say, I love you, <laughs> you know, and like really mean it and like prove it and follow through with it and everything like that yeah. really validates a piece of you. Huh. Um, but I think the biggest one for me is faith. Sure. Where I come, so we talked about how like, Identity can be fluid, it, it, like the fragments. We lean too much in the fragments and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But faith can actually in, reinterpret all that we are and all of our experiences in a new light. Mm. So, um, you know, kind of the way I think about it is years ago um, for Christmas, I bought my son a basketball goal. Mm-hmm. Well, I bought it for my family, but he was old enough to play it at that time. And... Uh, and, um, and so it doesn't make much sense for him to go play soccer on it, right? You know, or for him to not use it for basketball, 
right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a basketball goal. Mm -hmm. I know its purpose when I bought it for him, when I gave it to him. Yeah. Okay. Which I guess I should say, we told him it was Santa. (laughs) So if he listens to this podcast... He's 14. I think he's over Santa. No, okay. I know he's over Santa. Good. No. Okay, yeah. I'm glad you so know that. I, did, I just didn't run his like <laughs> yeah, childhood. Good. <laughs> Santa didn't give me that? No, Caleb, I did. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I know the purpose in which I designed it and made it. Mm-hmm. And so our best understanding of our purpose must come from the one who designed us. Mm-hmm. And that's God. Yeah. And so to me... Assignment is when I choose to not use my faith as a part of my life, but the way that I interpret the entirety of my life. Mm. Say that again. Okay. Uh, I'll put it this way. Faith should never be a part of who we are, yeah. but the source of how we interpret all that we are. Hmm. So so sometimes talking with college students and stuff like that, they're like, yeah. they're like you know, so I'm a, this is my major, this is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I love, and mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's cool. That's great. And but being a Christian is kind of on the same scale as the rest of the things. Yeah. In that description, now they don't necessarily always mean that, but it can be just kind of placed there. But what if it's not that I start with I'm a Christian, and then here's my major, and then these are my friends and uh-huh. stuff like that. But it's rather because I'm a Christian, here's my major. Sure. Because I'm a Christian, here's my friends. Because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, here's where I spend my time. And here's how I view each and every aspect of my life. Yeah. You know, Christ put innate talents, gifts, and abilities within us and knows why he put them there. Why we were in those, you know, why we're from the high desert, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. or Lockwood, Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) Why we're from you know, this part of Kansas city or why we're from this family. Like he knows why all of those things happened. And then he chooses to use those things to continue to affirm who we are. Mm. And that those are pieces of our life, but not Mm -hmm. the entirety of our lives. Mm. And so if faith, if our faith is a subset of our identity, we're really missing the point of what faith is supposed to be, hmm. which is the way that we interpret all aspects of our identity. Hmm. And that I will know myself best when I see myself through the eyes of Christ. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So what, what scriptures do you mm-hmm. see? So for you guys that are following us on Instagram and are part of this journey with us, every week we kind of give five scriptures hmm. that we think are really worth the study and stuff like that. And um, and so I invite you to go through that because there's really over the next, like this week and the next three weeks, there's really 20 great scriptures or passages that mm-hmm. really kind of deal with this. Uh, but just for the sake of today, I think Psalm 139 is a great starting point. Mm. Psalm 139, you know, has some really classic scriptures for those of you that grew up in the church, you know, that you knit me together in my mother's womb. You knew me, my most innermost thoughts. Like, mm-hmm. like there is a design to me intentionally from God. Yeah, like God knows me better than I even know me. Yes. Yeah. And so starting to go, okay, God, if you know me better than I know me, mm-hmm. help reveal myself to me. Yeah. 
through your words, through your people, Mm -hmm. through those actions. Mm -hmm. And what I found is people who live with that type of integrated faith oftentimes find the most relief where they are because they're not using it to identify them anymore. Mm. Um, I have a friend of mine who uh, had a tough season last year. And uh, anytime you have a tough season, you know, you get in your own head and, you know, why is this and how do I make this better? You know, coaches putting pressure on all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that tough season was stating something about her value to herself. Mm-hmm. Right? I am less than because I'm not good at this. And so we talked about what does it mean to identify re-identify it as God gave you this talent and ability. That's very unique. You know, what percentage of people get to do this on a collegiate level? Mm-hmm. Very small. Yeah. Okay. And whether you do good or bad, God loves you and he's proud of you. Mm. Okay. That almost releases this level of pressure. Mm-hmm. And, and, but it, it actually puts it in a healthy place to go. But because he gave you that talent and that ability that's so unique, give it everything you have. Mm-hmm. It reorders, reintegrated faith reorders it. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of this concept that this author named Chris Roots introduced me to. Okay. Um, and it's this concept of like these two questions. Well, first of all, who am I? Yeah. And second of all, what am I worth? So mm-hmm. he asks these two questions and he says, mm-hmm. well, which one should we ask or which one should we answer first? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, we need to answer the second one first, actually. Like, what am I worth? Mm. Um, and what's beautiful is that uh, the Christian tradition, Scripture, mm-hmm. says that we're made in the image of God. Yeah. Right? And so it starts even with saying that we, we are worth so much because we're image bearers of God. Right? Mm. Like, we, we reflect a God that is good and a God that is loving. Yeah. And from that dignity mm. flows this identity. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I think that the, the part where I get stuck is I've gotten that backwards. I think mm-hmm. if I look at the story of my life is that um, I've tried to create my own identity. Right. And I, I'm like, okay, if, I, if I'm creative enough, um, yeah. if, if I'm good enough at these things, if I'm liked enough, if I create this identity that's accepted and loved, yeah. then I will have dignity. Uh, then I'll have a worth. Yep. Um, and and that, that's really tough to, to really kind of reverse, like that, that reversal of those questions of, mm-hmm. you know, starting with this, this, um, this starting place of dignity that mm-hmm. I, I am so valuable. Mm-hmm. Like it really does release us of so much angst and pressure in the rest of our life. But the journey mm-hmm. getting there is so ongoing. And it really yeah. is like what following Jesus is so much about, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the opposite of the mentality of an arrival. Mm. Mm-hmm. So go, so go back to that original, like early on you asked a question, uh, you know, do college students, what was that? Do college students understand their identity? Or yeah. Like, do you think most college students know who they are? Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me say, do most, does any human being fully understand who they are? Mm-hmm. I want to think no. And maybe that's not a bad thing. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's layers of us to discover. So mm-hmm. uh, I've been mar- I'm married. Okay. And uh, I've been married 19 years. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then I dated my wife three years. So 22 years of my life. Okay. Uh, which is how long I've been in mini- uh, since I was two, I've been doing no college ministry right now. <laughs> okay. So my math's getting a little rough now when I'm lying so much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. About how long, I've, how old I am. But anyways, so I've been doing ministry for a while. Uh, I've been married for a while. Mm-hmm. I continue to discover new layers of who my wife is and she helps me understand new layers about myself. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's true. Yeah. Like, there's so much to who we are 
do we want to be complete packages mm-hmm. where we understand every nuance of every de- mm-hmm. detail of who I am? Mm-hmm. In fact, that's the way I just describe my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I continue to discover new things about God all the time. Mm-hmm. And those new discoveries about God oftentimes lead to new discoveries about myself. Yeah. And so there's core parts of me that I know for sure that I've interpreted through who God is that yeah. give me peace about who I am. But I like that there's still things I'm discovering. Yeah. And you're able to still discover those things without like feeling pressure or angst because you get to rest in dignity, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the, my tension I have with personality profiles. Uh-huh. Is sometimes it's like a brain. It's like, yeah. you're this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, maybe now you manifest those traits more than other traits. Yep. But who knows what's going to happen in your life? Mm-hmm. Who knows how things are going to change? Mm-hmm. But as long as you know, my child of God, chosen by him, loved by him. Yeah. Then whatever these adjustments, everything like that, he's still faithful to me. And it's, I'm interpreting the rest of my life through my faith in Christ. Yeah, you got to start there. Yeah. That's good. It's awesome. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Yeah. Joshua Quaddy. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for hanging out. This has been... This has been blessed. This is only week one of our yeah. series on identity. And so we've got three more weeks after this. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. This, we're just now getting going. So guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for listening, whether you're watching yeah. on YouTube or listening on Spotify or podcast app, whatever. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next time. All right.